This is Shelby Harris, and you're listening to All Eyes on Cleveland. Welcome into another edition of All Eyes on Cleveland here on the OBR Streaming Network, Twitch, and YouTube. Smash that like button and the subscribe button as we are locked in for a 2023 Bigots Browns questions episode here tonight with my good friend Jake Burns. I hope you all are doing well. The Browns were out at the stadium today. We've got a 53-man roster. We got college football tonight, uh, week one. Football's back, baby. It's time for you to start getting excited. Uh, So we are going to dive into some uh, of the uh, my biggest questions I have about 2023 Cleveland Browns and some of yours. Uh, So we hope you can participate in the chat as well. But uh, what is up to the man to next to me here, Jake Burns? Uh, what is up, my guy? Hey, you know, another busy day in paradise, but can't complain. What's going on your way? Not much. Excited to do the show with you, buddy. Uh, excited to ask you some questions here and uh, get some uh, thoughts from you on uh, some of the things that I think everybody's kind of wondering about. So uh brown's out at the stadium today what do you think of marquise goodwin wearing the three i like it what do you think about that yeah it just tells you that there's no uh no no uh i don't know how the the quite right way to phrase it but uh they don't they don't care man you you were off of a number they're going to take that number there's no waiting around for that jordan wilkins got out of number 20 and Right away, Pierre Strong Jr. is in number 20. So, yeah, the number's available. It is uh, given away. Probably the laundry's, like I said on the other day on my show, the laundry's on the table. So, here you go. Take this number right there. And, and uh, but yeah, I'm sure I like Marquis probably loving being in a single digit and all that stuff. So, pretty cool to see him back. I think they should get to the stadium more often, personally. Like, I don't I think do they too. get there enough to feel really comfortable at their own stadium. A lot of places, teams... Uh, practice near their stadium a lot closer to it so um just kind of leave it at that i just don't think they go there quite enough uh, for me personally yeah especially like uh you know when stefanski was talking about it, he was kind of like oh yeah nice to get inside the confines we've only been there once and i was like holy yeah. crap like are you yeah. kidding me uh and then especially well, for the it's new a grass kicker. field so i yeah. get that like it's a grass field and you don't want to ruin that and, and it's a little different than some place that has a you know, a synthetic turf field or whatever, whatever. But, you know, yeah. in general, just like feels to me that they should get there a little bit more often, make it can, can at least a uh, an effort to get there. All right. I, I agree. Couldn't couldn't agree more. They should be there more often and especially this offseason because they've been all over the place. Right. So uh, let's talk about uh, some of these questions I have for you. So I want to start kind of with the, the Browns offense week one. The Bengals, the Browns have been intentionally probably kind of vanilla uh, again in the preseason and in the Eagles joint practices. I'm guessing uh, to some extent they haven't really, you know, as uh, Deshaun said, he kind of alluded to the fact that, you know, uh, Kevin hasn't really opened up the playbook, whatever. Um, do you have do you think you have a good idea what this offense is going to look like come week one? I think I have a good feel. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I, I know how they're going to live out of the gun, what they're going to do, the sort of uh, read concepts they're going to run out of it, little uh, little different wrinkles in, in uh, some speed option, different things. They're going to have a lot of traditional stuff, too, that looks like a lot of stuff that they've already run. So 
Um, I think it's going to be a good mixture of like then and now, and um, we're going to continue to try to keep adapting this thing for Deshaun and making him comfortable to be significantly less under center, uh, 12 and 11 personnel instead of uh, 13 personnel as much. And, and, and yeah, I mean, it's, it's a bit of a mystery to all of us. Don't get it twisted, but I do think it is going to look a lot like things we have seen in the preseason, but with just more, um, game plan specific wrinkles built into it, put it that way. So, um, you know, I, again, I don't think you're going to see a lot of what Kevin's known best for. And then I think you're going to see a lot of the other little wrinkles as well. Um, do you think it's enough to take the Bengals by surprise? Like, is there a built-in advantage that they haven't seen any of this yet? It's got to be a little bit, right? I don't know that they're I, a little. I mean, a little. I, I don't think the Browns are going to be doing anything that's like groundbreaking Crazy. necessarily. Okay. Um, but I, I think that just defending them in a completely different way will stress them. You know, I th- I think that there's definitely that element to it. So. Uh, you know, while while I, I, I definitely think that it's going to be different than like what the Luana Rumo and company have sort of stored up in their years of Kevin Stefanski stuff here. Like it's it's definitely going to be different, but it's not like they haven't played Baltimore to see a lot of the read concepts. It's not like they haven't sure. played in mobile quarterbacks to, to do that stuff. I just think the Browns are going to be a little more diverse, which makes you prepare for them in ways you haven't always prepared for them. Put it that way. Yeah, you would think there's probably a wide, uh, at least there are a wider range of things they have to get ready for coming into this game, not knowing exactly what they're going to see. Um, they did sign Demetric Felton, so that should help. They'll they'll just pick apart his brain, right? I was going to ask you that. So, you know, running back, wide receiver turned uh, espionage spy mm-hmm. uh, Felton on the, you know, are they sitting him down and uh, white light, bright white lighting him and uh you know, pumping him for uh, intel. What do you think? I mean, they might ask him, but there's nothing to really take away that's that serious, in my opinion. So, you know, I mean, there's uh, some things you can ask him. What are you doing? What does it look like? What are they? What are they? You know, wrinkling in? and maybe Felton doesn't want to answer it. I don't know, but they'll. Ask, I would imagine they'll ask him. It'd be it'd be dumb not to ask him. But I don't think you're going to get anything because they're going to do a bunch of game game plan. You're doing in camp and preseason so much vanilla stuff that you have a baseline of like what they're going to be. I cannot imagine that he's going to teach them a bunch is kind of what I'm saying. Like, I just yeah. think they have a good feel for what the Browns are trying to do. And, you know, the Browns will put in very specific things that now he won't be a part of, you know what I mean? So um, that's, that's kind of where I think it goes. I, I think they ask him, but I just generally don't think there's much for him to, to, to really peel back and give them. Um, do you expect, you know, Burrow today reports they're kind of playing the game of the yo-yo game with Burrow. It feels like like they don't really want us to know whether he's going to play or not. But I, I, I'm like eighty-five to ninety percent think he's going to play. I don't know where you are with that. But do you expect them to be any different, uh, personnel-wise, offense-wise? Not really. They could be. I mean, but again. They have done a nice job. I think that place has done as, as good a job as any of of really evolving themselves throughout a season, figuring out what works best for them and and kind of going from there. So um, you know, I, I don't I don't think it's gonna be anything different. They're gonna run a lot of empty. I mean, I, I personally expect Burrow to play. I, I would be okay. yeah. so surprised. And not that it'd be I wouldn't be shocked, but I would just be surprised if he 
if he didn't end up playing uh, in this game. I just think I think it, I think he's had so much time off here and hasn't done very much that it just makes a ton of sense that he would be out there. But again, I wouldn't be like, oh my god, that came out of nowhere. I don't think any yeah. of us would, right? So um, the Bengals, I don't expect to be any. They do such a good job over there of staying really diverse um with their approach and, and what they do so I, I think you have a baseline for what the Bengals like to do and then you sort of go off of it from there and um i, I just i don't i don't expect them to i mean how, how can they look much different? it's like they're going to be a wide zone team you know like yeah they're a gun team that is very timing based and and uh they'll run when they when they get the right box counts they'll they'll run with uh they'll run with mixing you know so i i yeah. just don't think it'll be that crazy okay um as far as stiff, like we came out of preseason one and you saw like three plays and you were like, cool, that's what I wanted to see. You know what I mean? You And you broke down the whole gun run and what they were doing from that. Have you continued to see that through all the preseason games? Yeah, they're more, they're just, they're just more to diverse. Your satisfaction. I, yeah, they're more diverse. They've, they've added the concepts that I think are the core concepts that they have um, really, really needed. And uh, to me, they're running inside zone. They're running, you know, RPOs and power counter and all that stuff um, in a way that's really diverse from the gun. Like I said, you sprinkle in those RPOs, and I think you really have a nice balance of all the things you need. And then on top of that, they're still at a baseline, really, really competent with their under center play action stuff. Where you know you saw Amari Cooper get get sort of held on that one scenario, right? Where yeah. um, you know he. Uh, yeah, um, you know, I'm trying to think of the right way to put it because I thought that he had a chance to score on that one, but they're still yeah. going to do that stuff. They're still going to do a lot of the stuff that you're like, oh, that's what Kevin's traditionally run. Um, you know, all of that will, will still be there, but but yeah, they're going to be they're going to be fun. They're going to be fun. Um, so you kind of mentioned right there, even in your last statement, that it's still kind of a blend of a little bit of what Stefanski has always done and, and this new stuff that uh, is playing to. Deshaun's strengths. Do you worry at all about Stefanski's like, I don't, how do I say this? Uh, play calling rhythm with a, you know, like, uh, does he get tight and go back to like what he's used to or start calling things that, you know, he knows or thinks will work because that's what he's been. I mean, he was, you know, kind of brought up in this, in the one scheme, right? In the mm -hmm. in the in the the wide zone scheme. And he's doing something a little bit different now. Uh does do you worry about his play calling rhythm? Do you worry about an offensive rhythm? Do you worry about it looking disjointed at all? I think you have to until you see it come to fruition, I would imagine. I, I mean, I think Kevin is good enough to do it. I think that they've put a lot of work into this whole thing. And when they've had the ones out there, I think they've done a pretty good job of staying pretty focused on what they need to do and who they are, Brad. Um, and I think it's yeah. a, a pretty good mixture of, uh, you know, the, the two types of things evolving for what Deshaun is comfortable with on top of, you know, the traditional stuff that Kevin does, just so you have a varying approach to this. You know, Kevin's Hardy's a wide zone West Coast uh, type of guy right and um, they'll still do that stuff even from empty looks in the gun and all of that but they're 
They're, you know, putting in unique types of RPOs that Deshaun was good at, and they're giving him some stretch concepts and and just allowing him to be the best sort of version of himself. And and I think that that's really important, you know, to, at least at least to the structure of what they want to do for this group. So um, as far as the rhythm goes, I think it's fair to question that, Brad, as, um, you know, you have to see it. You have to see Kevin apply it. But again, I think they're, they've been very calculated with all of this. So to me, it feels like I think that they deserve a little bit of faith on it until we don't see it come to fruition, uh, if that makes much sense. So um, I, I like it in general. I think it's going to be okay, but there might be some growing, and I've tweeted about this a little bit, there might be some growing pains early here yeah. um, as, they, as they sort of figure out a lot of who they are um, and what they want to do in, in big moments and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely, I do. And, uh, you know, in the chat here, a couple quick questions on Stefanski. I think these are good questions from you guys, Gagon and Rocky, Balboa, both. You think the offense will be, uh, you know, Kevin's been criticized for being predictable in the past. I don't necessarily think that, but do you think it'll be less predictable in a way? Good question. question. Um, yeah, I, I mean – they they have more avenues to beat you in ways that they've never beat you, right? So, okay. like, the, it, I think a thing that has happened with the Browns of late in, in recent seasons, and I think I would imagine most of you would agree with me, they have run out of answers. They have a scheme design, a concept, what they like to do, and then things might get tight in one way, shape, or another. Either, you know, they got up early and they couldn't close it out or – you know, any various thing you want to say there, they couldn't close it out. And then they're just, you can see that, oh man, they have completely figured out what the Browns are doing yeah. and they're just running out of answers. So, you know, the questions about predictability or game management questions, if they get the, the version of Deshaun that gives them answers on those really, really tough down and distances, right? Like yeah. to me, that screams answers that that matter to me there like will, will present themselves so where you wouldn't have seen them complete a third and eight or something of that matter because they either it either got covered up really well or something happened that that, that prevented that catch from going through right like um you know with watson you just you just have more ability to get those those um you know i call them buzzer beater shots right where those yeah. guys in the nba who get paid the most money are the ones who can beat the buzzer when the, everything is sort of covered up. And that's why you give Watson the money. You need him to do that this year. So the Browns have not had a quarterback who can create when things fall apart. And I think that like, that's something that you, the, the biggest thing there that I expect Deshaun to bring to the table is that, you know what I mean? Absolutely. I kind of think of it as like, you know, you were meant, you were talking about, I asked the question about being disjointed and yeah, there could be some growing pains. I feel like, yeah, we could see that, but then, like, I think about because it looked a little disjointed in the preseason at times, right? And the fumbles didn't help, right? You know, if you take the no. fumbles out, it probably looks a lot better. But, yeah. uh, you know, off schedule, off of, uh, you know, uh, he gets outside the pocket and throws the deep ball to Amari, and you're like, I'm thinking, like, even if they're going through some growing pains you might be able to survive early in some games on some big chunk plays that Watson makes like that. Um, mm -hmm. Just because uh, he's who he is and, and they have a lot of talent on the field. So you would hope that, you know, some of that, that stuff is 
you know, gets you by, right? Uh, some of the some of the growing pains. Yeah, you do. I mean, you need a guy who can rise above. I mean, again, I, I've said this in like so many different ways. It feels like this year where um, you just you need <laughs> these quarterbacks like you can either have a really good and Joe's a good example of this. The guy who they're playing week one, he's an on schedule guy. He likes to keep them on schedule, on script, doing the right things. Right. And doesn't like to take losses necessarily. That's right. what he's always trying to do. Now I know the Bengals have chased big plays in recent years and all of that stuff. I totally get that. But like it's just um I think again, the Browns are going to have scheme answers that that present themselves all year. Like it's just it's going to happen. Um, but to me, it just is like the question with them has always been: Can they find answers when the things are covered up, taken away? Like the third and eight was a really good example um, that they missed against the, the the Chiefs the other day, where they had Elijah Moore on a on yeah. a and again it was press man two over tops, just your typical two man. And they said, okay, we're going to cover you this way. We're going to leave a linebacker in the middle of the field to take away any of your immediate crossers and beat us. And they had a good route. The ball was just low. So, like, that's the stuff that they need to be able to do. But, again, Watson created later on, right, created in, uh, off of off of Jedrick Wills, uh, kind of let his, his man beat him inside. He, Jed did a good job of riding him past the quarterback to allow Deshaun to get out. And, like, there's yin and yang there. There will be, I think, again, there will be some times where we are frustrated with Deshaun. Something, you know, he he misses a play that we think he should have made. But he should, and what has made him really good on, on all these years is that he's been able to overcome some of that by making those really heroic plays that, we, that we've known him for. I mean, there have been some really crazy plays in his yeah. career. So, um, you know, that's what, you're, that's what you're banking on is that that magic is still in there. And then the scheme stuff that we've always seen work. Like, again, Kevin has done a great job with Baker. He's done a great job with Jacoby. He's had really, really productive offenses with those guys. And you're saying to yourself, okay, can we get that version of the offense on top of simultaneously getting a guy who can create? And you can see the, the draw to that, right? Like you can yeah. see the draw to that, how that all could come together. So uh, could, could be exciting um, and you see how it could possibly work, but you're also sort of apprehensive until you see it come together. Right. Yeah. Cause the critics are like, Hey, uh, you know, th it works with a guy like Baker and a guy like Jacoby. But when you take a, a guy that's, you know, you know, kind of uh, a more has more than that. Right. Can he, coat can he call plays for that guy can his system work with that guy and we are all hoping and the breadcrumbs have been there and we've talked about it all off season that it leads to this offense that lets him be deshaun watson right basically yep. lets him be yeah. deshaun um you're watching All Eyes on Cleveland, special guest uh, Jake Burns uh, on the OBR streaming network. Uh, make sure you hit like and subscribe. Um, uh, so they came out with captains today. Deshaun Watson, Miles Garrett, Joel Batonio, Anthony Walker, and Charlie Hewlett. If you had a choice, Jake, of one captain that's not on that list, who would it be? One captain who's not on that list. Um a good question there the the lot of the i'd probably say zadarius maybe is one that okay. i would be interested you're looking at veterans that have been around a long time yep. i think you would like for denzel to be yeah one of those guys but he's he doesn't seem to be so you know I, I don't know i mean as far as like denzel's been here for a while you'd really like to see him 
doing that stuff and sort of be in charge of your secondary, all that, all that stuff, Brad, that'd be really cool. But it appears that that's not in the fold right now. Denzel's never been a very vocal guy as it is. We, we all know that, but I guess those are two offensively, maybe Amari, but again, another very quiet guy, Nick, very a very quiet. quiet guy. So I don't know. I don't know that they did bad here. I don't think that they did. No. Rodney McLeod is what OG said there. That's a good name. But again, that's who, Rodney's that's who I new. was going to say, yeah. Jake, is Rodney's Rodney McLeod. Uh, yeah, what you want is leadership, core, your core guys to be a bit more leadership, right? So like Denzel's here for a long time. You think maybe Grant Delpit's going to be here, an extension in some sh shape or form. Like those are what you want more of. But at this point, you know, Juan Thornhill, that's another good example. Um, yep. I don't I don't think they got it wrong or anything. The no. core. And then everybody has always looked up to Anthony Walker. So I think walk is is uh, and this is like I've never I've very rarely heard people talk as highly about a player as I have Anthony Walker. So there is zero surprise to that one. So um, I think they did a pretty good job here. I've I don't like that they do game captains in previous years. I think you should have a core group of captains and um I'm a believer in that. I always have been. So I like that they've gone that route here. I was just going to uh, ask you that, actually, because I went in one of my articles, things I think I know, I wrote about the changes that Stefanski kind of has made this this year. Like, it felt a little calculated. He did a couple podcasts that's kind of outside of his realm, right? Mm -hmm. uh, felt like maybe an approval rating move. Uh, some of the things he's done with the press, I won't get into details, that – that are different than he's done in the past. Right. Um, like behind the scenes stuff. And then some of the, you know, of course, Greenbrier and everything like, you know, the limited sessions in Berea all feels like different Stefanski approach to this season, maybe warm seat. I don't know. Or just, this is a huge year. Right. But this is different too, right? Because he used to do the game by game captains, and now we've got what captains for a season, right? Yeah, and I think they're doing. Um, if I recall, I, I should have mentioned this. I think they're doing like one uh, captain. Uh, they'll pick an additional one every game. Okay, that's fine. But you need a core. I, I just don't think rotating captains are are the right way to go about it. So I, I like that they'll have a a bit of a core here with these guys and and faces to turn to, right? When things get tough, that's that's Absolutely. what you need your your leaders to be able to handle. Yeah, and to uh, your guys' point in the chat, it was player voted on, right? I believe player players mm -hmm. voted for these guys. Um, all right, let's switch sides of the ball real quick. One of the pressing questions right now, at least, or the most immediate questions is, I, I, I would be shocked. I don't know how you feel, but I would be sh a little bit surprised if Denzel plays week one. Um, how, how do you... Where are you at with this? Uh, how, you know, are they going to go three corners? Who's it going to be out there? You think? Can good question. Um, I do, I don't know. I I had thought originally that they were going to AJ Green. You know, you know, go. I, mean, I don't know. I really don't. It's it's a great question, Brad, and one that we'll be paying really close attention to. Um, I I would leave the hunch that they would say we need to figure out a plan off of how they're aligned because the Bengals will try to do some different things with alignment to put their guys in a better spot. You know, if they, if they notice a weakness, you know, so what we perceived as a, a sort of advantage all the time with these, you lose one of them. You're like, okay, we're short one. I just don't think they have 
a great plan at nickel if it's not Newsom or Ward. I, I just right. I really I really don't love the answers there right now. I don't I haven't enjoyed many people. Maybe they have some in a real internal faith in Cam Mitchell and he's getting healthy and all of that. Um, you know, I don't I don't know, Brad, but to me it feels a little uneasy. They're gonna have to play somebody who is um you know who is not quite as good as we hope in those scenarios right now. You know what I mean? Yeah, it, it really raises the question about AJ Green a little bit because the one thing that he does, and if you if you scour his PFF grades over the years, right, he it's not been kind to him. Let's just say that the PFF has not been kind to him. But the one place that he has always graded well, and I can't claim I've watched all his tape or anything like that. That's why I'm referencing the PFF grades. But the one place that he has always graded in the 80s and 90s is coverage on the outside. He has always graded really well. So it feels like, and I'm not saying they made a bad move here, but it feels like maybe week one, uh, the best route, in, and I'm not pretending to know more than they are, but you know, the best route might've been to leave Newsom inside and let AJ Green play outside where he has filled in before and done an admirable job. Yeah. I, Whatever we're, I mean, I, I think that it comes down to, do you trust, like, I really don't know. I really don't yeah, know, man. I, I, I like, do they, do they trust Ford to play outside? Where is Cam Mitchell's recovery? I mean, this, this young kid they just brought in, I like him, right? Khalif, um, Halasi, I like him, but, but, but you want him out there on the field against the Bengals in week one. Right. I just, I just right. don't imagine that's the case here. So, yeah, I mean, <sighs> They have to answer their own question. Is that, does it mean an uptick in three safety looks? Right? That's is that question, is that an right? angle? Yeah. That that would be the angle, maybe. But that usually, when you're playing three safeties, you're indicating that you're going to be playing more zone, which is which is never um, a, a good thing to be giving away. Put it that way. So I don't know, man. I'm I'm uneasy about it. Um, it I, yeah. I I missed the quotes on Ward today. If there were some that sort of give us a, a better idea of if he's going to be able to go. But if you look at his track record with these concussions, again, it's been like a three, four week thing here for him. So in yeah. this concussion didn't look bad, but considering he played 10 snaps after the concussion, but you know, all concussions are, are dangerous no matter what, especially considering the volume that he's seen. So um, not feeling great about it. That's why some of us have been like, well, Desmond King is interesting as a slot, right? Well, he goes to Pittsburgh. Bradley Roby is still out there. So yeah. maybe that one is still of some kind of interest, but I'm not entirely sure what they do. here. It is one of the single most important aspects of this upcoming game is figuring out, watching closely early, how they're going to handle some of the stuff because AJ green just doesn't fit into how they're playing coverage right now. That's why they moved on from him. Yeah. So, you know, we'll be, we'll be watching closely, man, watching really closely. If they do go big nickel, like Delpit Thornhill McLeod, who do you think is the best cover guy of those three? If they, you throw them up there to, to cover the nickel, probably Thornhill. Um, yeah. I trust the most in coverage. I like him as a center fielder more than anything else, but right. It feels like it's going to be a lot of, and this is what the Bengals have struggled with. The Bengals have struggled with cover two, cover six looks where you're getting down coverage in front of Jamar Chase with umbrella stuff over top. And you can still cover, you know, a lot of the field in the in the way you want to cover it. So to me, it feels like a heavy dose of safety in this game to make up for the situation they're in. Um, sticking Grant as your sort of pseudo defender near the line yeah. of scrimmage, who can be your third backer, but also be your curl flat 
hook defender, blitz him a little bit, and play a lot of cover two, six, and three. That feels, and they'll maybe in certain situations sprinkle in um, some man to man when they have a situation they feel like like makes sense. You know what I mean? So um, that's that to me is the the only angle I see making any sense at all there, as we sit here right now. Because I just don't, I don't think that playing a bunch of man to man against the Bengals makes a ton of sense when you like consider your personnel against. If you have your three guys to match up with Boyd Higgins and and uh, and Jamar, you you feel kind of confident with some safety help and you maybe a middle shots, low, yeah. low hole hitter there or something like that. But this is um zone dense game plan, I think, and you you try to really let the the defensive line win this football game for you is kind of the vibe I get. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. If you recall, you know, remember last year the Bengals got off to kind of a slow start, and they're kind of notoriously slow starters, uh, Jake, as you recall, but. I, one of the first pieces I did at the OBR when I came on was right before the first Bengals game. And, and it was about why they kind of got off to a slow start. And because of those two high safety looks that teams were giving him and causing mm-hmm. Burrow some problems to what you're talking about there a little bit. So, yeah, they're going to, they're going to be in a lot of two high looks and then rotating off of it is my um, first impression to try to confuse Joe. What you want to do is, Make Joe Burrow hold the football a little bit. If you can do yep. that, you have a chance to let this group up front, which we all agree is really good, get after it, right? Absolutely. Um, so as we look at uh, this defense, and you kind of answered some of my questions with the zone stuff there, um, how exotic do you expect uh Schwartz to be in this game like I mean um, you know he'll do he'll use the simulated pressures and stuff but like uh you know do you think that he gets into some of that or are you better off just kind of to your point sitting in zone and and letting your front get home on their own probably the latter just because of um you know this is again this is one of the the best just entire wide receiver units in the league so I don't think it's a great, I mean, you'll get, they'll have a blitz package in Brad. They'll play some crazy stuff on third downs to try to mess with the scenario and mess with Burroughs vision and line of sight and stuff. But I don't know that it's going to get too exotic. And again, if you do make the decision to play the third safety angle, I really don't want to put that player on an Island very much. So, right. um, you know, like I said, it, it's, it's good here to have Callahan and not, not Bill Callahan have his son, who runs Cincinnati's offense thinking and questioning things a lot, right? Like that's a, that's a great situation to be in there. But, but, but to me, it's, I don't want the Browns to play themselves out of coverage. And they've talked about this a lot about what Joe Woods would do to make them overthink. And, and I don't know, I I don't know if Joe, it was all Joe's fault or the, you know, the DB's coach who's now in in LA. I, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't want to pin blame there, but there was clearly a disconnect in how, how to cover, and they are talking adamantly across the board about stopping this from happening anymore. And I don't think going into week one down your best cover corner is the time to get creative, uh, uber creative uh, in, in a way that, you know, works to the detriment of your team. You know what I'm saying? I do. I know exactly. You should, you, the Bengals are going to score, Brad. They're going to score because they're so talented. Don't give them scores. That's the right. thing you don't want to do. And, and, Make them you know, I, I do think, like I said, I do, I do think they will get 
aggressive, but I would just continue to sit in coverage that let that, that forces the Bengals to have routes develop. And from those developing routes, I would be then using it as my, Hey, you guys up front are winning us this football game sort of angle. You know what I mean? That's, that's the, the single biggest thing that I would try to be preaching is like, we'll get them to hold on to the football a little bit. You need to get home above yep. all else. Yeah. Uh, ultra talented front, uh, and you got to take advantage of that and they've got to do their job in this one. It should be a fun game. Um, obviously an uber massive game for this season and, and this first four. And I kind of think the Titans will be feisty too. So, uh, you know, I'm a little bit higher on them than some people are, but, um, Jake, how good these are kind of, as I'm reading them now, they're they're kind of massive questions, but I'm going to ask them anyways, okay? How okay. good does Deshaun Watson have to be for the Browns to be what we think they can be this year? Like, to be second in the division and make the playoffs. Like, top 10, top... Does he have to be a top five quarterback? Can he just be a top 15 quarterback? Are they good enough for him to just be a guy... And, and them get in the playoffs? It's a good question. One that's been asked a lot. And I think, again, it's it's a, it's a very fair. Um, I have kind of put it this way. In 2020, they went 4-12. and 12. He had upwards of that. Listen, and it was not because Deshaun that they had that no. record. He was doing everything he could. You know, there's a very famous video of walking off the field where J.J. Watt puts his arm around him and says, sorry, we wasted a year for you. Like that defense was awful. Their special teams was a mess and they gave away games. He fought like crazy to keep them in games and did a great job. But, you know, at the end of the day there, they were just overmatched. And, um, you know, I, I continue to look at that 20, uh, 2020 season where he had like 4,900 yards, 36 touchdowns, 10, 10, interceptions and and like that's a great season you know don't get it don't get it twisted that's a great season and you love it but to me the two years before that are a bit more of what i hope for from him which is just a a cut down in pass attempts because the run game's effective about four thousand yards about 26 to 32 touchdowns keep the interceptions down below 10 and i think if you do that that makes you a top 10 quarterback i i think he'll be right there he could be above like he need but to, to the crux of your question he needs for them to be really good and you to feel confident he needs to be able to do that right like he he needs to do it and to yeah. me just glossing over that and pretending he doesn't need to do that like they, he could be a top 15 quarterback and be fine no man like that's not the case he needs to be really good and yeah. if he's not really good they can still win games but they won't be the version that I think we're all hoping for. So, um, you know, I would say go back and look at 19 and uh, 18 and 19 when he was like, they were a collective group 10 and six and 11 and five one year. And they went to some meaningful playoff games and he was dynamic. He was good. He wasn't, it wasn't only on his shoulders. So there were, they were creating ways to score and the defense was pretty good back then too. I think Vrabel was running the defense at that time. They were doing a nice job. They ran into KC as, again, every team's dreams seem to run into KC and, and go downhill. But, like, yeah. I just think that he doesn't have to be this 2020 version. He could be, and that's awesome. Like, that's great. But he just needs to be the 18-19 version that, 
like I said, 4,000 yards, hovered toward 26 to 30 touchdowns, play efficient football, take care of it, and then run for 505 touchdowns like he's kind of traditionally done as well. So you get that with what we think should be a pretty good defense and and I think will be a um, more opportunistic special teams, and you have, a, you have a way here, Brad. You have a real way to matter. So he has to be – he cannot be a top – fringe top 15 guy and the, and the type of guy that they're just overcoming. You know what I mean? That, that cannot be the answer. He has to be, he has to be pretty dang good. He doesn't have to be elite, but he's got to be pretty dang good. Top 10. Top. 10, yeah. That's top the, eight. and he's, if he's not top 10, that's disappointing for Deshaun. He's good. 100%. He's good enough. He's 100%. good enough. And that should be the outcome. So, you know he's he's every bit of t- uh, the in the in the realm of top ten most talented quarterbacks that we have in this league. So if he's not in that group, that's just a failure. That's a failure on every level. So yeah. I hope that they avoid that uh, circumstance. And like I said, he he could be a little less than that, and they could still win nine, ten games. And if things broke their way entirely, could win you know, 11, but you don't want to feel like we don't want to sit here and feel like the Browns have been winning despite Deshaun. Like they've just been overcoming him. That would be a real bummer. So I don't, and I don't expect that either. I want to be very, very clear about that. So I, again, I think you trade for him when he's coming off that 2020 season and you're like, Oh man, this is, I've never seen anything quite like, like they're going to, again, that version could come back, but to expect it, to be the volume to be that high and the numbers to be that high, I think is just sort of misguided. So absolutely. Um, yeah, we'll leave it at that. All right. So, uh, I know you got to go here in a minute, but, um, Vegas to your point, great on city, a lot of money you can waste there. <laughs> very true. <laughs> very true. D gens only. Uh, 9.5 win total. Uh, the AFC North has a massive win total. Nobody below eight and a half. Right. Uh, so, um, but the Browns nine and a half win total Deshaun's over under number to your point here, uh, 36, 50 and a half. It's gotta be over. It has to be over. If you, if you ask me on that one. The money is juiced to it's juiced to the over right now. One minus one twenty the over plus one hundred the under. FYI, that is startlingly low. I, I mean, again, it I is. know Kevin's traditional quarterback numbers have been around that realm, but like, if he's healthy every game this year, he should be around four thousand yards. And if they're not, they haven't really developed schematically the way I think we were all anticipating. Agreed. So, uh, touchdown number, I think a little low too at twenty five and a hook. That's fine. I think if you're at 25 touchdowns and you run five in and you get to 30 collective touchdowns and your defense is pretty good, I view that as as fine, Brad. I think that's fine because Nick's going to he has never played with a running back like Nick and they should not completely be, you know, taking him to the level of like the running back by committee. David Johnson, Duke, Duke Johnson types (laughs) of of, like, no, they need to still play some games through Nick. Like, obviously, it's changing and making Deshaun more comfortable. And I'm all about that. But they need to be playing games through Nick. Uh, in a way that they, I think, is just really, really still an advantage for them. I mean, again, this is a guy, and again, it's a running league. I know all the cliches. I get it. And I don't want them to be a team that is a, a prisoner of running the football every single week. And I think they're fighting to make sure they're not that, right? But to me, it feels like you have people who have voted him as the best running back in the NFL. 
let's find a way to get that guy to 14, 1500 yards. And that's probably through, you know, creating scheme stuff that puts defenses in more too high than they customarily play because Deshaun is pretty good. Right. And you, you scare people with that stuff. And, you know, Nick has more options, alleys and all of that stuff. Right. So um, I, I, I don't, you know, 3,600 yards and having a successful season wouldn't be surprising for me, Brad. I just think it should be more than that. It should be more yeah. than that, in my opinion, um, with where they're going and what we think the level this this offense can sort of get to. So I, ho- I hope that that works uh, in, in a good way. But you got to remember, as you think about all this passing, all these all these options they have through the air, that, hey, man, they probably could be a pretty good RPO gun run team, too. And that involves 24 being really, really tough to, def- yeah. to, to defend. Uh, that brings me real quickly to his number, which I was a little almost, I was kind of astonished that Vegas threw this number out there for him. Obviously, they think he's going to have a big year, but his number in Vegas, I don't know if you've seen it, 12, 25 and a hook, rushing only, um, which is, I think, the biggest number out there probably. Uh, rush touchdowns over eight and a half, or eight and a half over. Uh, the money's coming in on the uh, over there. Um, and then Amari Cooper, 950 and a half. Elijah Moore, 575 and a half. Donovan People Jones, 550 and a half. Those numbers feel pretty good from a gambling perspective for those guys, largely because I think Marquise Goodwin will have three, 400 yards. I think Jordan Akins will have three, 400 yards. I, I, I'm not, I'm not off on that. I think just, I just think if you were to tell me, Jake, pick an over under on Nick, like I could see Deshaun being at 38 and Nick being at 1350. That's those yep. are numbers that I think seem pretty dang realistic considering um, you know where the split should go. So it should be just a little over that, but that's what makes gambling gambling is that you're like they they want you to do that, right? You know, it doesn't doesn't change. The Browns could still win 10, 11, 12 games if those guys are just at those numbers or below. But um I I expect them to be um over those numbers, but not like, you know, I don't think they'll blow them away, but Nick at like 1350 and Deshaun at 3,800. You know, I think you look back at the 2020 numbers, Brad, I think Baker was around 3,800 that year. So he was, you know, I I think it's very, very attainable um, to say the least. And then last, the last number I'm going to throw at you because I know you got to go and I'm going to let you go here, but uh, 14, 25. So basically they have him combined yards for Chubb. So basically they have him with 200 yards pat re- receiving. I feel like he clears that easily this year. No? Should. He should. The targets will be there for that. And he's always been at like 150, I yeah. think. 150, 175. So um, to me, I, I would think he gets over that number and ends up uh, at 250 on the receiving side. 300 um, would be my guess. Just because of the screen stuff. You take two screens for 40 yards and you're like, yeah. you're all the way almost there. So, um, yeah, we'll leave it at that. I th- I think that those are, those are sort of fair, uh, angles at that point to, to feel pretty good about. I, I don't think the predictions there are too far off, but I also think that they'll be a little over that, uh, based yeah. on what we expect. And that, that is, again, comes down to the defense, getting them the football back a lot and them converting and being more, um, you know, successful on those, third downs to keep drives going that create 10 to 15 more plays for you that turn into touchdowns. So that's what we need to see, right? Absolutely. Yeah. You, if, if the offense works like we think it'll work and Deshaun plays like we think he can play, then those numbers should be a tick higher on every level, I would think. Right. So, I think too. 
Uh, Jake, thank you so much for your time, sir. You are a fantastic uh, guest, as always, and answered all the big questions that I had for you about the 2023 Cleveland Browns season. Follow him on Twitter at Jake Burns, Jake underscore Burns 18. Uh, go check out his uh, film sessions, all of them fantastic. You're a gentleman and a scholar, sir. Thank you so much. Anytime, Brad. You know it, man. I'll catch you soon. All right, brother. And with that, let's make sure we hit this real quickly. While Jake is fantastic, so is this offer. Go over to the OBR right now where the season kickoff special offer is available to anybody that is not already subscribed. You should be subscribed. It is the best exclusive content that you can get on the Browns in town. Uh, make sure you take advantage of it while it lasts. Uh, over at the OBR. The link is in the description below. 75% off your VIP membership. That just makes it $30 a year. $30 a year. Uh, so make sure you subscribe. Take advantage of that. If you have any trouble with some of the perks that come along with that, you can reach out to myself. You can reach out to Barry McBride, and we will help you through the process. Absolutely. So uh, thank you so much. Uh, let's, uh, we got a little couple minutes left. I'll take your questions. Let's fire away. Jake was fantastic as always. Uh, I had some more numbers here. We can, I can give out to you guys real quick. Uh, gambling wise, uh, I noticed that they threw up a Zadarius Smith, uh, over under, uh, on sacks at 9.75. It's interesting that they give these, uh, sack numbers a 0.75 because of the halves. And I was, I was always like, what the hell? Um, and, uh, yeah, so that, uh, uh, and that's plus, uh, 100 to the over. So, and minus 130 to the under. So the money coming in on the under nine and three quarter sacks for Zaria Smith. I think he goes over that surge with the question. How do you see opposing defenses approaching our offense as far as guys in the box? Traditionally, we've seen uh, teams, you know, load up the box, right? I, I don't think that teams will. I mean, these first few, these first four games are going to set the the uh, the way that things go and how teams play the Browns for probably um, the next six games, right? So, if I think teams will still continue to try to scoot and cheat a guy up in the box, whether they're showing that initially, probably not showing it or hiding it, but trying to get a guy in the box to play the run. You kind of have to. It's Nick Chubb. And until Deshaun really starts to cook, right, and Kevin and Deshaun together start to kind of disassemble uh, the guy cheating up in the box, then they'll be true. Then you'll be having, then you'll be looking at normal boxes, seven man boxes, and be able to run the ball very efficiently, uh, with Chubb. But until they do that, I still see teams cheating guys up there. Um, so you got to keep them honest, right? You have to earn that seven-man box in the NFL. You have to earn it. And the only way you can earn that seven-man box for your running back, for your star running back, is by uh, converting some third and eights, third and sevens, uh, you know, second and fives, and, and really putting the some fear into a defense that, hey, we can't. We can't afford to do this anymore. We can't afford to take a guy out of coverage against Deshaun Watson 
And I think that Kevin Stefanski generally, and I know I'm really expanding upon your question here, but I, I think that Kevin Stefanski is a smart enough guy to Jake's point in this offense to be able to say, Hey, uh, I think they're going to have some easy answers for like, this is not, you know, that they, they got a guy up in the box. We have an easy answer for this. We're going to put one more guy into cover. Yeah. You know, out into coverage and, and let's see them try to play man to man on Elijah Moore and Amari Cooper and Njoku. Right. And uh, if you, run those routes and Goodwin even any of the guys that they have, the talent that they have out at uh, to catch the ball, you put those guys out there and you're going to see teams uh, immediately back out and, and have to play normal boxes um, because you can't just, you can't just sit back and, and let Goodwin run past your, your secondary or Elijah Moore uh, get open play after play. Uh, and I think that, uh, it, the thing about the Browns offense, right. And it, from now and from the past is, and you make it, this makes your question really intelligent. Actually, there was Stefanski before Stefanski now with the talent, with the quarterback, right. It's almost too obvious the answers, right? Like teams, he, he can still do what he's always done to, to people, and Nick Chubb can still do what he's always done to people. But the answers are there now, right? There's so many options of answers of how to dismantle what teams have done to stop the Browns in the past. The talent, Watson, and the way they've morphed the offense should lead to so many options in the way that they can take advantage of defenses. Uh, any moves by the front office you can see happen other than restructures for next season? I don't know. You know, it's a good question, uh, Drew and Brick City, because of the secondary, right? Because of Ward. Uh, and no problem, Serge. Very good question. You know, <laughs> Because of Ward, they're throwing, as Jake alluded to, they're throwing names around like Bradley Roby and Desmond King was available, but, you know, he ended up with the Steelers, right? Um, I don't think they do anything. I think they roll with what they have. I, I think this is the 53, and this is what you're going to have week one. Brad, who do you think is getting more snaps, DPJ or Goodwin? I think DPJ will get more snaps, uh, you know, naturally and in, in the natural flow of the offense. But, you know, Goodwin can certainly be just as effective in the uh, – I did too, Warpath. In, in the flow of the offense, Good, Goodwin can be just as effective. Um, but I, I think that DPJ will probably get more snaps just because he's a really good – he's a really good run blocker and he fits into what they want to do. So, uh, you know, he's played a ton of snaps every year he's been in the NFL. So, uh, but I think Goodwin can be very effective. I wanted King as well. Absolutely, Warpath. Um, let's see what we got here. Our DT play was so bad last year. Our undersized linebackers had, yeah. Uh, you know, linebacker crew, I don't think is, you know, so much, Better Mick, but the difference is what's in front of them, right? So they just have to clean stuff up, and that should be the answer there, right? Uh, and and a healthy A wall kind of changes that room. I do think, like I would not be surprised, and I, maybe this is my bias 
kind of shining through here, but uh, I would not be surprised if Diabate got on the field. Um, I, you know, I don't see, plan to see the Browns. The Browns should be have one, two linebackers on the field most of the time, right? And um, I don't know. I, I hope that uh, Diabate JOK could be a a really nice third down combination. Try, you know, have your tight ends try to get open against linebackers in a mismatch, but it's JOK and it's and it's uh, Diabate, two super fast athletic freaks out there in coverage. Uh, I think that gives the Browns defense a lot of options. Do you think a rookie makes an impact this year? And if you know, I do, I think that uh, Tillman will make an impact because at some point they're going to find themselves in their depth at wide receiver, just because like last year they were freakishly healthy, like at wide receiver, uh, the, um, what the health luck, was terrible on the defensive side of the ball last year as they went through like 30 linebackers, right? But if you recall, we were super concerned going into last season about wide receiver depth. They stayed really healthy all year, which allowed Cooper and Donovan Peoples-Jones to take the bulk of the snaps because they weren't they were in 12, 13 personnel, so there wasn't three wide receivers on the field. Bell got most of the slot snaps, and that was really it. They never had to really get into their depth. That's not normal for an NFL season. You're gonna, guys are gonna get dinged in your wide receiver uh, crew. So I do expect to see Tillman uh, at times this year have to step in. And I think he's probably maybe a tick. I would have him right now ahead of Bell on the chart, on the draft, on the uh, depth chart. So I think when somebody does get dinged, I think you're going to get to see Tillman, and I think he will do very well. He looks like an NFL-ready receiver to me right now. He needs to work on some route running stuff, but uh, you know he high points the ball really well, and I think he's a great pick. He's going to be really good for us in the future. Uh, Gagan S., um, any concern for the weird stuff they want to do with Elijah Moore, maybe lining him up in the backfield or being constant check down isn't the best thing for his health. Uh, listen, it's a great question because I, I can't, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you and say that it hasn't crossed my mind. Like, is this too cute? Right. Is this too cute? What they're trying to do with Elijah Moore? Um, I, I think that only time will tell with that. I don't think, I don't think it's too much injury wise. Uh, I think Elijah will hold up. Okay. I know he's a smaller guy, but uh, he seems pretty inept at some guys just have kind of a knack for going down without getting hurt. Right. Uh, if you heard about Tua taking uh, whatever he was taking ninjutsu or whatever uh, to learn how to fall correctly and things like that. But some guys just naturally do that. Um, so uh, it'll be interesting to see. I think he'll help. his health should be okay. I don't worry about it in that way. I worry about it in that, like, it's just too cute, maybe. Like, and I would like to, you know, we saw him make a big play in the preseason out of the backfield, and so I'm not going to judge it now. I just don't want to see, like, the third and tens and, and you're running stuff with Elijah Moore uh, out of the backfield and jet sweeps and stuff like that. Like let Sean throw the ball down the field to the talented wide receivers. Let's not overcomplicate things. Uh, that's just kind of where I'm at with the more thing. And I love more, like I love Elijah Moore, but I want to see him used as a receiver more than I do a running back. Just 
honest. I mean, you have a running back, right? So uh, I really wonder if we saw preseason is really what they have planned for. Yeah, I think they do to a certain extent, Mick. Uh, I think they absolutely do. I think they'll use him in jet sweep stuff, and some of that stuff out of the backfield will work really well because it's going to stress defenses. Like if you put a guy like Elijah Moore in the backfield with speed and you run some misdirection stuff and give him the ball going quick off the edge, it's going to stress defenses out, and it's going to stress defenses out vertically and horizontally imagine Goodwin lined up on one side and more going across the other side on a jet sweep and and uh you know Chubb coming up the middle on a fake and and then Watson rolling out with Njoku I mean just think of the options right right there I just give you like how are you gonna as an offensive coordinator how are you gonna cover every grade of blade uh pardon me blade of grass that more can cover going you know, East and that, uh, you know, Goodwin can cover, can go uh, cover going deep and Chubb can cover, you know, coming at your linebackers and Watson can cover rolling out and Njoku and everything that you can throw at a, a defense with this kind of talent and speed. That's why I think that Goodwin's health here for me has made me feel so much. I was feeling a little apprehensive about the offense, but Goodwin's health has made me feel so much better um about the about the offense right like him being back to me changes the way that teams are going to have to guard the browns and that that he will keep teams honest when they start to cheat so i do think they will use more that way i don't think it's a a disguise i do think that you'll see him used out of the backfield occasionally i just don't want to see it too often like it should be a gimmick it shouldn't be a trend right that's kind of where I'm at with it. Um, does this wide receiver depth mean more in-game rotation? Uh, I think you'll probably see, like, I mean, guys get dinged, right? And they have to come out of the game or they, you know, they go, you know, if uh, Cooper catches two 25-yard balls in a row and then they throw one out of bounds where he's on a go route, he's going to need to come out of the game, right? And, you're going to put Tillman in or whoever, but for the most part, I think that we see uh, your core four at wide receiver. I, you know, Tillman may sneak in there, but I don't see them pressing Bell into into a lot of playing time at this point. Uh, you just have too many. The, the the first four are too talented, unless they're dinged, in my opinion. Um, yeah, Bradley, you're right. They'll use them in all kinds of motion, right? Uh, jet motion, orbit motion. They're going to use them in bubble screens, right? Uh, we just saw them in, in the warm-up practice the other day, then practicing some wide receiver screen stuff. Like, you can, you know, when you have guys like him and and, and you have somebody like uh, Watson, you can stress the, stress the defense vertically and horizontally, and, and you want to do both, and more can do that. Um the thing, though, that I don't want to kind of brings me back to your question about, you know, do they get bogged down and doing too much of the backfield stuff and, and motion stuff with more like I want to see them do that stuff. But I really think that Elijah Moore is a tremendous route runner who can like stops on a dime. He can get himself open running, you know, an out or a stop or, you know, whenever he wants to. So let's not get away from using him as a really good wide receiver and a really good route runner that he is. 
so that that's just kind of my thought on that. Like, I do worry a little bit about getting bogged down on the cute stuff with more. I hope they don't. Uh, like I said, it should be a gimmick or something to use to keep teams honest, not a trend. I would rather see him run routes down the field. Um, love the idea of Bradley runs. Uh, I love the idea of confusing the crap out of linebackers with jet and RPO Chubb Watson. You said it, man. I mean, that, that's the, uh, that's kind of what Jake was talking about, right? Like, uh, mix is the same thing. Uh, he agrees, but yeah, that's what he's talking about, right? Gun run stuff, pull the ball, keep it. You've got RPO stuff. You've got, uh, off of the RPO, you can, uh, you know, run uh, a little read option stuff with uh, Watson. There's so many wrinkles off of that um, that you should be able to have answers for really anything a defense throws at you if you dial it up right. And that's where uh, not only Stefanski, but Deshaun has to be good and sharp, right? Uh, do you think Schwartz can fix the blown coverages? I think he already has. I think he already has. Uh, and um, I think that the kind of um, atmosphere that Jim Schwartz brought in was refreshing and I think it's kind of changed his whole team a little bit. Like you hear him talk, people listen. You hear him, you hear him explain things. People stop. They understand. They want to know. They want to play for him. They want to run through a wall for him. He wants his defense to play with swag. He wants his defense to play through the whistle. This is the kind of defense I was begging for last year, right? Like a defense that's in your face. We don't give a shit. We're going to fuck you up. We don't care. Like, that's it. And that's what Schwartz has been preaching all the way through. Right. And so I don't think you're going to see the blown coverages and all that stuff. I, I think it's already fixed. I think all that stuff is already fixed. I expect this defense to be, I think this defense can be really, really, really good. I agree. Ultimately, I think more is a true Z wide receiver scheme. Open downfield. man. Yes, we do have tons of options, Bradley. You're right. Uh, and, uh, uh, yeah, right. Uh, Mick making great points too. Nobody talking about Njoku and Aikens, a great pair of tight ends, right? Uh, absolutely. So, you know, if we talk about week one, right, <clears throat> the concern is Ward not being there potentially. How would they handle that? I, th I think Jake kind of nailed it with the thoughts on maybe three safeties on the field instead of you know, three corners, but maybe they trust Cam Mitchell. Maybe they trust, you know, uh, Khalif Halasi uh, to play outside. I don't know. But either way, uh, this guy right here, he's going to have some answers. He's going to have it schemed up. He'll have it ready. Like, I trust him. Uh, and I think that, uh, you know, to Jake's point, I think that what this front four can do when, you know, staying fresh, coming in with, you know, new defensive tackles, new edges. I mean, you're not coming in off, you know, rotating in. Scrubs, you're rotating in. Okoronkwu, Zedaria Smith coming in and in and out. Miles coming in and out, staying fresh. I mean, you know, uh, Shelby Harris, a uh, friend of show, uh, uh, all these guys, right? 
uh, Tomlinson, uh, even Mo Hurst, I'm glad made the roster. Like, I just think this front four can just raise hell. And I just think, like, Schwartz's attitude and what he talks about and preaches to these guys is going to make this defense so much fun to watch, right? Like, dying for them to have an identity, dying for them to have some swagger. And yeah, it's going to be there this year. I truly believe that doubled up on that page. There's my idea about that. Big fan. Uh, a little bit worried that we haven't seen Walker play at all. Uh, I think JOK is going to have a massive year. Uh, Ika, I think will probably be inactive the first couple weeks. Maybe not. Ford is a special teams guy, but it's going to be pushed into maybe coverage week one. Uh, so, uh, there's Wills. Okoronko has looked fantastic coming off the edge. Um, let's see here. Khalif, uh, <laughs> he's, I don't think he's here for special teams. Well, he's here as a cover guy. Like go, go check out, uh, uh, Jake's did a film room on him. Um, and he is a cover guy, Khalif Halasi. That's how you say it, Halasi. Uh, Khalif Halasi, undrafted free agent. He got paid extra money. A couple of teams wanted to give him money. He is, uh, uh, oh, look at this. Dustin Murphy got his annual script today. Be read with the commission. <laughs> Uh, thanks for signing up, brother. I hope you enjoy it. Uh, get in those forums and uh, get after it, Dustin. Uh, they're a lot of fun. Um, yeah. So, I mean, uh, you know, you just said it makes it. I'm so excited. Like me too. Like this. I hate this week. I hate this week between games. I know there's college games on tonight. Uh, doesn't doesn't give my uh my blood thirst. Doesn't quench it for the NFL unfortunately, uh, tonight, but, uh, I do have a couple, couple bets placed. I have to check on that here in a minute, but, uh, yeah, this defense should be a lot of fun. The offense, I think will have answers. Um, and it should be a blast. So a minute 11 seemed like a good time to get out of here. Thank you all for being here, listening to me, uh, blitz Jake with questions about this. Oh, so important season, 2023 there's a lot on the line ladies and gentlemen there's just a lot on the line this year and um that's why i kind of wanted to take time to to ask him a guy that really really knows as far as offense and the x's and o's like what he expects what he thinks this will see what kind of numbers will get the job done um so i hope you enjoyed this episode because uh he he was great and uh thank you all for participating with your questions in the chat you guys are the greatest chat in all the land uh so uh there it is yes it is the worst week of the year og philly freaking locked in fumble locked in we are all locked in i've been locked in we're ready let's let's you start getting excited motherfucker let's go right Let's go. All right. With that, I'm going to get out of here before I get yelled at for cussing more on the OBR stream. 
Uh, make sure you hit that like button. Hit subscribe. Keep coming back. Tell a friend. Go Browns, baby. For everybody at the OBR, for Jake Burns stopping by to uh, hit us all up with his knowledge upside the head. Um, we'll be back. Keep it locked. Stay locked in. Week one. It's game week, baby. It's game week. Starting next week. Go Browns. Thanks for participating in All Eyes on Cleveland and the OBR stream. We are out.